Report in. Red 10 standing by. Red 9 standing by. Red 3 standing by. Red 6 standing by. Red 9 standing by. You're listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast. Laugh it up, fuzzball. Your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. This is it. He laser clickers. Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're joined by special guest Michael Morris from Cloud City Casino. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, we are really excited today. Uh, so, it's what today's Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been oh, about a week, I think. Um, something happened, though. I'm trying to remember. Um, and, well, I, I know what it is. Oh, and Game I think of Thrones the, started I'm, back. I'm... Thank you. Yes. So let's talk about Game of Thrones. We're two episodes <laughs> okay. in deep. Okay. Wait sorry, a minute. Actually, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm sorry. Can I get? Can we get pizza first? Well, I'm pizza really first. Digging, some, I'm really digging some pizza. Okay. Maybe well, something he, deep dish. You know. <laughs> Maybe from you Chicago. Chicago style. Are you talking Chicago, Chicago style? Yeah, I am talking Chicago there style. You go. Could, I don't know yeah, why but, I'm craving Chicago okay, style but, pizza. But, but uh, is it, yeah, it going to be circular with an imperial logo on it? Because I have a feeling there was some kind of celebration happening there. Hey, guys, and Michael and like I were craving ago? a lot of Chicago style. We had it like, what, two, three times? <laughs> uh, you guys, okay. So, but, so as, as you can tell, we're, we're kind of beating around the bush because hmm. we've got both Michael and William here to discuss their recap of Celebration Chicago 2019. And that's great. We have both of them on because they were both able to experience compared to Stephen and I, who will be going to the one next year. But we'll get to that in a minute. Or maybe when this podcast is over with the last 10 minutes. We'll get to that at some point. One thing but at a time. I know. That, that's why it's like we're, we're pushing that announcement off until the end. But I, I think the best way to start this between the two of you can we'll, – we'll start – you know what? We'll start with Michael. Michael, what was your wrap of your experience for Celebration Chicago this year? Oh, I mean, let's, the, the best way I think to explain it is to explain – the like the number one thing that I wanted to do that I didn't get to do, and what was uh, that? And that was um, my wife and I uh, wanted to take pictures in the uh, like the Millennium Falcon setup they have mm-hmm. there. That you know they pretty much have every year. And we they, thought, so oh, they, you know, we they flew we uh, the Millennium Falcon in. What's that? They flew the Millennium Falcon in from Episode Nine filming. Yeah, yeah. Just, no, well, I mean that, it's, it's that is Alex somebody's. You've got a full on Galaxy's Edge Falcon like sitting right there in Anaheim. It would be a heck of yeah. a flight, but <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's just the whatever one they use on the the uh, show floor every year, and we're like, you know, we we never make time to go do it. So you know, we'll, let, let's make time to do that. But we we didn't. But we got like picture with a Tie Fighter, and um, Christine got her picture on the Emperor's Throne, and in the uh, Tent of E Four. So, yeah. But point being, we got to do a lot of stuff. Like we pretty much got mm-hmm. everything done we wanted to. Very yeah, cool. I think this was this was one of the most. Uh, so so obviously there were some technical issues early on that we've mm-hmm. I think talked about in the podcast and and and, and some we haven't. Um, <clears throat> but even despite the technical issues, I think this was probably the most smooth and smooth like Lando and uh, well-run celebration they have had probably ever. I think the, the panel lottery system was amazing because um, again, they had some technical issues with, you know, groups and, you know, people not being able to join and all this kind of stuff. But, but once all those kinks got ironed out, you knew which panels you were going to get into a couple of days before you got to Chicago. 
which meant See, that's pretty cool right which that meant there really was nice. no waiting yeah. over or, you know in line all night like you know we like to tell the story of uh, at the last celebration a uh, friend of the show matt rushing and, and, and andrew loopy they both got in line for the the last jedi panel at 8 p.m the night before for an 11 a.m panel the next morning right and uh so they were they were in line 15 hours they slept on the floor all night right on the concrete mm-hmm. floor and they didn't get into the panel and that sucks right when you were spending all this money on a hotel and you know you're not getting any sleep and then you're exhausted the rest of the day and you didn't get to ha- hang out with friends um mm-hmm. they, there was none of that this year right because you knew what you were getting into and so it was kind of strange in fact because for a lot of the from in most on most most of the cases store aside if you want to get into the celebration store there were some long lines there um isn't it always merch is a big thing when it comes to the the Star Wars community. It's always the merch. In it some is. Cases. It is. But yeah. as far as like the panels go, you know, mo- all the big panels started at 11 a.m. And you could stroll That's in nice. at like 10. You know, you had um, a reserved section. So you could get there at 10 and get a decent seat. You could wow. uh, if you really want to make sure you had the front of your section to for like a really great view, which really doesn't matter except in like a small couple, a few sections in the in the in the in the theater uh, or in the stadium, the arena. Uh, you maybe you get there at nine, but for the most part, you show up at ten, ten fifteen. The panel's at eleven. It's relaxing. You got to sleep in. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> right? This is very that weird. Is. We're going to bed so, early, staying up, uh, sleeping in. It was uh, a, a very relaxing celebration, and you didn't have to stress because you knew what you were getting into. Right? And so, every so day for an old guy. For an old guy like me with back problems, sleeping on the floor was non-existent this year if I went to one of those panels. Right, exactly. And you knew nice. what you were getting into. Now, some people had trouble getting into certain panels. That was kind of unfortunate. They had some technical issues where they were actually, they kept saying they were going to, um, they were trying to get people to, to not share the QR codes to get into the panel. Um, mm-hmm. And so they said, oh, we're going to check IDs or make sure you're not going to resell them. They didn't check IDs. They didn't validate against badges. It didn't take, it wasn't until halfway through the convention they were even scanning the QR codes. Half the time there was right. letting people through if you just like showed them that you kind of interesting, or pretended if you, that you, if you had held one. your phone up. Basically. Right. <laughs> um, well, but then, eventually then they, they fixed it, those. Yeah. It, maybe when it comes to the next celebration. I mean, it, it seems like every time in some, they implement something new at any convention, it's always like one go around to, to work the kinks out. Maybe for the next uh, celebration, it would work out much smoother yeah, this time. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so. And it seemed like yep. by day, by the second, like by day three uh, of five, they kind of gotten most mm-hmm. things figured out. And by day four or five, it was running pretty smoothly at that point. Very um, cool. That's great. And so, yeah. you know, it was very relaxing. Again, lotteries for all the big panels in the morning. And then for the panels the rest of the day, you could usually get in without a problem. Uh, and you, there was a way to reserve seats too. So for the panels you really wanted, you could just reserve your seats and that show was up, awesome as well. Show up half an hour before, and mm-hmm. you know, again, you you get your pick of the seats. It was great. Yeah. It was very relaxing. And, it was. I was shocked. And, and I and, and I guess I made the joke at the last podcast. It saved Anthony Daniels and J.J. Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy money from buying pizza for everybody in line because they didn't have to do it this time. Everybody was able to sleep in. <laughs> they actually no, bought they McDonald's bought beanies instead. They bought they everyone did. for some, oh, uh, awesome. episode nine beanies, and also for the people who were, they didn't really have to get in line that early, but for the people who did get in line early, um, they also bought them McDonald's Star Wars branded Happy Meals. Um, oh, that's, that's where that they came from. Yeah. Uh, Dang it! I would have cool. got there early if I would have known that. I saw some, <laughs> and I heard, 
I heard something about it. So like, oh yeah, they were supposed to be giving those away to everybody. And I'm like, I didn't see them. Yeah. So that's why. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, 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 you know, honestly, you didn't really have to get in line as early as they were giving those away. It was probably like three hours before the mm-hmm. panel. You don't need to show up more than an hour before. The only time we had to was for actually for the episode nine panel. It was a little unfortunate. Um, we ended up in the lottery. Uh, so it's like a big arena, right? It was the Winchester arena in, in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, most of the uh, sections, uh, and you had, a, you had a section that you had to sit in that you got, you know, based on your ticket. Most of the sections are pretty good. Our mm-hmm. section, unfortunately, was at the most, it was the last section right before the screen. So you were kind of sitting at, looking at it at an angle, um, mm-hmm. almost like a 90 degree angle. And uh, if you were higher up in the section, the, there was a speaker that actually blocked a portion of the screen, which, which was unfortunate. And that was the only reason you might want to get it. It wasn't early. a huge portion of, i mean it was, it was like, like a third of the screen 15 percent. it wasn't a third it was like 15 percent. <laughs> but um but the, the point it, is it like it wasn't that bad it, uh-huh. it was a small sliver of the entire stadium too so like the number of people who'd have to get there early just to avoid that that speaker is like so minuscule it's only for uh-huh. sitting in those sections um, and, and we were even able to move and um yeah. you know get it even less so you know, exactly. less in the view. So exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, and they they also gave away uh, they had giveaways for most of the big panels as well, which is really cool. Um, so that's shirts, great. posters, buttons. Um, they were surprisingly generous with all the all the swag. So, man, I was well, I, yeah. I, although there's still one that I'm still bitter about, but we can wait till we get there. Yeah, well, okay, <laughs> but I the the one thing I'll say is watching all the Twitter feeds of everybody who's been there. You've just seen nothing but swag on their feeds. Yeah, it must have been incredible the amount of stuff that was being given away. Yeah, I'll, I'll, most of the big panels had them, uh, mm-hmm. which was which is really nice. Uh, yeah, I uh, really appreciate it. But um, I don't know any, any other thoughts on the overall celebration experience, Michael? Before we dive into the the, the big news, the big panels. Who? Um. Oh. I can tell. I can tell a great story that I um, totally forgot to tell on uh, Cloud City Casino. So I can tell okay, it now. Okay, good. We have that's, an exclusive. Is, this yeah. the exclusive guys, story, guys. I was L three three seven for a moment. I really? staged. I, I staged a revolt. Uh oh. What'd you do? Okay. So, on the Galaxy stage, which William knows this anyways, I am not very fond of the host for the galaxy stage um she irritates me because she like i don't like her her style like she'll kind of demean people like when they they're up on stage and stuff and i just Mm -hmm. i'm not into that um but what happened was they're like okay we're gonna play this game and the whole game was that basically they'd pick another franchise besides star wars and then, then each care or each uh, contestant would have to kind of come up and hit on either her or her DJ mm. uh, with a line, you know, that was in genre to that, right? Well, this one guy starts shouting out SpongeBob, and sh- so everybody else is like, "Ah, that's kind of funny. Uh, let's let's just go with SpongeBob. Why not?" She didn't want to do that, so she's like, oh, "How about Star Trek?" And I. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> like, Uh-oh. we will not. And my thing is, like, I don't like. I'm not a Star Trek fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't like 
hate it or anything, right? Um, I mean, I'll, I'll tease, like, Bruce uh, about it because, you know, he does Star Trek, or he's, like, really into it. Same thing with, with Matt Rushing. But, um, yeah, like, you know, I don't mind, but I don't know. There's just something about, like, you're at a Star Wars convention. It's like, let's do Star Trek. And I just immediately stood up and went, no. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. No, and they started like booing, and I'm not like I wasn't thinking like, oh, we're this is everybody's gonna join in. This is gonna mm-hmm. be great. I was just like, I, I was like, no, I absolutely do not accept this. And then everyone else was like, yeah, I'm with that guy, and then the whole crowd starts booing. Her. Wow! <laughs> and she's like, wow. okay, okay. she's like, okay, okay. She's like, if you're gonna boo me, we'll do something else. So wow. what I'm hearing is you're not invited back to celebration. Well, but, or at least that, that stage. <laughs> no, I, I mean everything seemed fine. Okay. We're fine here. We're all fine here now. Thank you. Hey, yeah. How I was you? I was um, a hero. Things almost got bad <laughs> and I stopped them. Uh, well, well, whatever you need to tell yourself. Well put it this way. You at least you at least stood up for the other Star Trek, I mean the other the the other franchise that's out there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can give you props for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I, I think I think we've buried the lead long enough. What do you guys think? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think you kind of you kind of hinted at it when you were talking about your your seating at the main screen and the and how you got to see the screen. So how what was it like to be there for that episode nine trailer and have everybody come out? What What how was that for you guys? There is nothing like being in the room when they premiere, you know, a, a Star Wars trailer for the first time. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting in a room with 7,000-ish uh, fans. The room is packed. Everyone is excited. And they they, they waited till the end, right? They, they drew this out well, as long as they could. Uh, uh, obviously, right? Right. And so... What? Um, Who would have guessed that? No, well, okay, exactly. wait, 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 wait a minute. But before you get to that, I want to ask one question: Were you guys surprised that it was Stephen Colbert who hosted this? I kind of was. I don't know who I expected, but I didn't expect Stephen Colbert. Well, I do know that when we were at Celebration Anaheim, it was Anthony Bresnik in. I was surprised this one was Stephen Colbert. Well, actually, Stephen Colbert hosted uh, the five. Yeah, Celebration Five. Yeah, thank you. I was yeah. trying to remember it. Oh wow, so did you? I had no idea. Yeah, um, he, he he has posted hosted it before, and that's when they came up mm-hmm. with uh, Obi Wan's home planet, Stu John. Um, no, on stage no, no, with that George w- Lucas. was that was during. Oh no, the that John was John Stewart. Stewart. Oh, you're, no, you're right. That was the George Lucas interview at Celebration. No, five, you're right. Yeah. You're right. But I believe Stephen Cooper has 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 he's hosted in the past. It was at Celebration Five. Okay, and. Um, uh, and so, yeah, that was a, it was definitely a surprise. They had some surprise hosts. Um, Josh Gad uh, hosted the Galaxy's Edge uh, panel. Um, That's cool. And so, yeah, they they had some surprise surprise mm-hmm. guests. But the, this one, they brought out Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. Well, naturally, right. And then over the course of the panel, they brought out um, you know more and more of the cast. So they had. Anthony Daniels, Billy D. Williams, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaac, Kelly Marie Tran, Juna Suotomo, and uh, wow. newcomer Naomi yeah. Aki as well. And of course, a very special guest after the trailer. But we'll we'll come to that. Right. And well, <laughs> working versions of RTD2, BB8, and Dio, a new droid. Which is interesting because when I saw that come out, I'm like, oh, there's a new droid out there. Interesting. I I want to I want to circle back to something. 
I really like the reception Kelly Marie, Marie Tran got mm-hmm. at that because I was watching the whole panel from, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, the, the couch potato or actually at work. Um, and I really loved how they just gave her a lot of applause and it looked like she was up mm-hmm. there pretty stunned by what she got. She got a standing ovation. She took a lot of crap yeah, that's from cool. people online and everyone was just applauding. She got probably the loudest applause of anyone uh, on the panel, really which is saying something, yeah. you know. Uh, and, and that was just amazing. Actually, it wasn't just it wasn't just during this panel too. During the uh, Phantom Menace twentieth anniversary panel, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, mm-hmm. Ahmed Best actually got a you know a, a huge standing ovation with the crowd shouting ch- Ahmed, 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 um, yeah. which was great as well because you know you could really see the the love for some of these characters that have been kind of maligned, um, mm-hmm. uh, like Rose and and and, and Jar Jar Binks. So. That was, it was really cool. It was really, it was really nice. Okay. So, so now we're going to sneak on, sneak ourselves back to the trailer. So, um, how was it to see it on the big screen for the first time? Oh, it was great. It was great. Uh, well, we, I think we're going to make you wait though. Like, like they did with, uh, with us. Oh, and, don't do that. <laughs> oh, man. And real I mean, quick, I'll, I'll touch on some of the details I, I mean, and then we'll go into the trailer. How's that sound? Well, I, I was, I was going to say, you know, what, what was it? Did you get chills when you first heard we've passed on all we know, a thousand generations live in you now? I'm sure everybody got chills on their arms when they heard that line come from Luke Skywalker. Oh, so good. You know what? Fine. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's take a listen. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. Let's, let's take a listen to the Rise of Skywalker trailer. If you haven't seen this, you should go watch it now. But Well, sure. So we get Ray on Jakku. Well, it looks like I think Jakku. Jakku, Jakku. Very traditional J.J. Abrams trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very reminiscent of The Force Awakens. A thousand generations live in you now. And she has Luke's lightsaber again. Seems repaired. But this is your fight. Every generation has a legend. A nice callback to the Phantom Menace trailer. more shots of Jakku. It's very, it starts off slowly and we see Kylo Ren's new TIE fighter. Is it established that is Kylo Ren? It is. Okay. We see it. Yeah, you get it. In. <clears throat> yeah, but you only see his hands. That's true. And she does this in very cool slow-mo jump. And it'll be interesting to see if it's, um, it's, if it's in the final movie. There's like a scene of a, of a ship landing on this blue planet. We'll come back to that in just a minute. Kylo repairing his helmet. The new droids. Lando on the Falcon. That's cool. In his yellow suit. It says the saga comes to an end. Just like how episode one started with every uh, uh, the saga. How every saga has a beginning. We'll always be with you. Leia. And then a interesting planet with what looks like the ruins of the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many of those. <laughs> and the best. <sighs> and there it is. That's and part. the chills. And, and as soon as it, it ends, Ian McDermott's. Yep, yep. He hops on stage and says. Roll it again. It was just well, so brilliant. 
but it took him a bit to do that because it looked like he was having a very hard time to spit it out because with the amount of applause he got, it looked like he was completely choked up oh, yeah. and just could not get the words out. Well, so what was great is like the, the trailer ends and everyone's focused on the screen and all of a sudden the right. red lights come on and you look down and on the, on the stage is Ian McDermott just standing there facing the audience. And I was mm-hmm. like, what? Yeah. So there's a lot to unpack here. Um, you know, obviously Michael and I were in the room, but Tom, Steven, you guys were watching this online. Your thoughts on the trailer? Okay. Um, I, I will say this and I will keep it short. We happen to have some gentlemen who were in our building. They were watching it, that trailer on their phone. I go, um, excuse me, I've got a better computer over here. <laughs> and basically in my side of the building, everything stopped because we all sat there and watched the trailer at work. That's amazing. It was the coolest thing. Favorite moment? Um, God, probably when um, when Ray flipped over the Tie Fighter. I was gonna say that's pretty close for me too. I think, I think I prefer the moment. Uh, there's a shot, couple shots of an A wing flying, and it's always been one of my favorite ships. So I think I have to go with that one. Was that an A wing? It got shot down, right? Uh, there's. I think there's. I feel like was there's that the one like the the, the blue the blue hued planet? I think so. Yeah. Okay. There's speculation on that. Yeah. And I think that's what you were trying to get at William yeah, about yeah, yeah. that blue hued planet and that ship. Cause I, the speculation online was saying that that actually is the ship of the parents who uh, left Ray or whoever left Ray on the planet Jakku. That's what I've been seeing online for speculation. Well, the, the thing is, um, I know that uh, Pablo came out when people were talking about it back in 2015 mm-hmm. and said that the ship w- that was used was actually the uh, Skyhopper um, for Ray's parents. So, mm-hmm. and, and he, I, I want to say he even said basically they needed a ship and they already had um, that one modeled out. So they just mm-hmm. you know, used the back of it. Right. So to me, knowing that this could or could not hmm. be anything at all. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause like, did you, guys see, if did that, you see the, it, the pictures of them side by side from the, the, from the force awakens and from the trailer? I, it looks, I, I've seen photos. It looks pretty darn close. It's, it's insane. Right. But what I'm saying though, is that like, obviously we, we saw a skyhopper get blown up in mm-hmm. uh, the force awakens. So, it's not like it's the only ship out there. And considering that, you know, they said for, for uh, The Force Awakens, it was just like, oh, you know what? It's just cheaper just to use it. This may be another situation of where they're just like, eh, use that model we got. Yeah. True. Very true. So, sorry, not trying to take the, the wind yeah. out of your sails. No, but I, just, you, let's let's I, not forget, this is Star Wars, which yeah. has done many trailers now with things that were not in the movie at all. Right. True. I right. wouldn't be surprised, though, that if we will see something more about Ray's parents at this point. I mean, Kylo oh, Ren's repairing his helmet. I think we should. Yeah. Oh, I hope Absolutely. not. <laughs> why? Okay, wait, wait, wait a minute. Steven, uh, why don't you hope for any any news about Ray's parents? I like this idea that Ray really is a nobody, or at least is not someone important. Like, we've got a lot of... We we have so many big players, and I like... I want... Ky- when the tr- Talk about this more. When they talk about the rise of Skywalker, I mm. desperately want that to be Kylo. Kylo... Mm is the Skywalker of like of this trilogy, I would say. So you mm-hmm. think the, you think the title, the rise of, and 
we forgot to mention that you the the title is episode Sorry, nine the rise, the, of title is rise of skywalker surprise <clears throat> uh, i completely forgot that that was revealed there's in the trailer. I'm not gonna yell spoiler alert but because you, it's been out there for a while but you think so you think it's related to kylo i think that's kylo and i i i think the story is more interesting when ray is not uh, a skywalker or kenobi or whatever like i we went through this with before episode uh eight i don't think we need to go through it again like i want the story to be on how ray becomes part of that legend hmm. interesting. interesting interesting yeah so i i should say i'm not opposed to learning more about ray where she comes from i just i don't want it to be like up oh, surprise you are a skywalker right twice removed you see, Luke had another, a twin brother. A twin twin. A, a, a second twin. You see, there was this, there was like, this emperor's well, hand named Mara Jade. And <laughs> all right. Now. That I, all that right. I would be okay. I had, to, I had to slap you down with that. Oh, no, no. You haven't heard the whole thing, Stephen. It's, <laughs> oh, geez. It, it gets terrible. And uh, Do I, yeah. you're right. Just so, stop William, it now. I don't, I don't need to hear your fan fiction. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Slash so there's a there's a couple other options, right? Uh, it could be Kylo Ren, uh, the Rise of Skywalker True. could refer to Rey, or it could refer ooh, to wait, wait. Luke himself. Yep, that's the one. Could no. Uh, so sorry. There's there's one other thing I would sorry. So on uh, my list of things, at the most, I'm hoping Rise of Skywalker is Kylo. Mm-hmm. Second to last is the Rise of Skywalker is Rey, and the very bottom is. We're all Skywalkers. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's I hate name. that rumor. Oh, passion. God. I hope that's not the case. The, yeah. For so, those who, yeah, Stephen, for those who my, haven't my, heard, the, heard it. That's my ordering. So, yeah, for those who haven't heard the theory, the theory is that Skywalker maybe becomes the new name for, like, the Jedi, right? The Jedi are gone, and now you are a Skywalker. Oh. I really hope they do not do that. That would like, be the biggest groan. I, I, yeah. Also, I, really I think they would have titled the Rise of Skywalker. You know what it would be as bad yeah. as? Oh, what? What's your name? Uh, Han. Last name? Oh, I don't have a last name. Oh, so you're you're all alone. Really? You think that's bad? The whole thing of like how names were created, just yeah. in general. I didn't. I didn't okay. think it was. I didn't think it was that. I, I think sorry. Calling calling every every good force user Skywalker. You're right. I think is it, way you're worse. right. It's another. It's an order of magnitude worse. I will. Right. I will. Agree. Yeah. Because I'm like, so, wait a minute now. Because the solo thing is, it's like that's how. Like, oh, you're Johnson. All right. You're Tim Johnson. Like that's just how names came about. Yeah, okay. Very true. Very true. Fine. That's uh, right. Fair, That's right. Fair point, fair I come point. on here. Okay. William told me come on here and school Stephen. That was the notes I got. <laughs> wow. Okay. Ow. From the end of the bus. He's getting schooling me sometimes. Um, He's getting schooled back. Thank you. So there's another theory. There's another theory. Um, okay, we got. What if? What if Luke? And this is just crazy ideas, right? What if Luke? So this is the Skywalker saga, right? And and Luke is 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 gone, right? And and at the in this trailer he says. No one's ever really gone, and I just love how we hear gets followed up with the Emperor's laugh, which we'll come to in a moment. But, mm. um, but I what if Luke, you know, in in the EU, uh, the old EU, um, we there's this whole concept that like the Force Ghost could only appear for so long, and then they kind of like disappear, right, and can't really you know talk to people anymore after so long. Uh, and it becomes like harder maybe to hold on to their force ghostish form. Um, what if 
Luke himself, quote unquote, rises, not where he's actually like physically back, but is able mm-hmm. to kind of become this guiding presence, almost like a um, corporeal Yoda, right? Um, throughout the whole saga. Then? Okay. He can, so he can like appear even like 100 years in the future <clears throat> and appear into these different I Star Wars hate. movies and be like, hey, I'm Luke. I'm going to drop some like knowledge bombs and advice on you and then leave. Okay, but you're kind and of so he's never really legacy comp. Yeah, but you're kind of hinting at the legacy comics when it comes to Cade Skywalker, correct? Because That's true. Luke yeah. does appear in one of those comics. I have it where he does yeah. appear to Cade. And so what if what if he becomes more like that where he's like the he's like the the old um, sage, um, uh, you know, force ghost that appears in people's times of need, and mm-hmm. then kind of disappears again. I don't think that's very original, though. Like that's that's yeah. basically what Ben yeah. did. Well, no, like, but, but, but like Ben to the nth degree. Like where Ben hasn't been, you know, Obi Wan sure. hasn't been around in the sequel trilogy, right? But but how do you how do you show that though in one movie? Yeah, you see what I'm saying? It's probably got to show right, something. Right. Like in this film, they have to show something to where everybody goes. That's what it means. That's the thing. Not yeah. Oh, we'll yeah. have to wait ten years till yeah. they start making movies again. And then we need that we need that moment where they you know drop the title. You know, it's like, oh man, this is an infinity war, or we're in the end game now, or (laughs) there is a menace that's very non corporeal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So I clearly it's you know, Ray is sitting there in a hotel, and then Luke materializes in a bed and he rises, and she's like, "Look, Skywalker rises," and then there there you go. Oh, right. I thought it was going to be like there's the, a cave with a rock in front of it. That yeah, rolls I thought, away. Oh, uh, anyway, <laughs> the Force um, Awakens, that's, and then Skywalker rises. Jesus, a, a little too biblical here. But then again, if you look at it from the point of view, rumor has it that George Lucas helped within or di- di- directing oh, oh, this last episode. By that's way, not of, even that's not rumor though. That's okay. That came straight from JJ's mouth. Okay, well, put it this way. It yeah, fine. But, I'm, I, I'm not one to spread rumors, but if it came from JJ's mouth, it's fine. So. What do you that, think would be? Let's if, not forget that was also in like George came back and directed a scene of Solo too. To right, me, that is right. that is always a like we we want to connect what we're doing and right. give it a uh, right. Oh, it's it has the it's G level canon, guys. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's not about the fact that however much Lucas was involved, like mm-hmm. right. I don't know. I. I don't buy that piece of it. Unfortunately, you don't buy that he had some kind of he had some kind of help in in polishing the end of this trilogy. I mean, I think it's possible. I doubt it's. It, uh, I, I, terrible, I think it's, though, is how I would think about it. I, I would say there's it's questionable as to the the extent. What yeah, um, there you go. The better way like, of describing. It. Yeah, like like he he may. Because what we found out, like with Solo, was that he basically was like, "Oh, Han wouldn't do that. Han would drop it on the ground. He wouldn't hang the cape back up." Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? You're right. You know, and like that is what two seconds of the entire film. You know what I mean? Like, so okay. yeah. But but from the point of view of this is the gentleman that basically created this whole universe, uh-huh. and let's just say, and everybody knows that the last episode really didn't go over well with fans and to kind of tie up his story after basically the original intent when I was a kid, that it was going to be over nine movies. And this is basically the nine movies that are out there. 
maybe they did go to him and say, you know what, how do we really wrap this up in the best way possible to, to give you your due and let you really walk away from this epic Star Wars universe you gave us and feel comfortable to walk away from it? Well, Tom, I don't think that's how they said it. I think what they did... Well, more than they likely, said, they threw a bunch of money at him and said, here, you know... No, no. I, okay. I think they, they had a... It was uh, a recording of Kathleen Kennedy, and they sent it over in a droid, and it said, help us, George Lucas, you're our only hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably Dio that did it. It was, it was the Dio droid. Um, uh, and, then, well, and that's the part where he cackles... And Ian McGregor comes out, right? Because it turns out it was George all the time. Okay, but they're even they're even kind of hinting at because I I saw the thing that when it comes to Ian McDermott and bringing back the Emperor, uh, they are hinting that that was that seed was planted back in Revenge of the Sith because he was talking about Darth Plagueis the Wise. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I, sorry, yeah. we should talk about that. I don't think he's back either. Okay, you don't no. think he's back either. Sorry. I one hundred he's back. I don't think he's corporeal i don't even think he's a force ghost honestly like i'm fully i have have a theory or i'll put money down right now that it's not something as negligible as a holocron okay so really i'm not saying it's negligible i'm like i'm picturing uh was it i think it's when bane shows up in uh uh, rebels right like it is 100 palpatine like guiding kylo and teaching him but it's not like a force ghost Palpatine. Right. Uh, I, 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 my personal theory is that it is a, it's a holocron, but you know, holocrons can, they can be like, you can have more of a conversation with them. They can try to lure you in. We actually see, um, if you read a, a, a recent book, uh, you know, it's still reinforced that holocrons can be, you know, addictive and mm-hmm. uh, kind of suck you in. Um, and, uh, I, I won't say any more. As to not spoil things, but um, you know, I, I I think there's a that, that's really potentially compelling, and it doesn't they don't have to bring him back that way because you don't really want to ruin the um, you don't want to ruin Vader's sacrifice at the end of Return of the Jedi, no, no and no. the victory over the Emperor, right? Uh, and and so by making a holocron, you can kind of bring him back and maybe start to maybe Kylo Ren is looking for advice and he stumbles across his holocron and he starts to or Ray stumbles across his holocron and starts to get lured in. Right. Who knows? Um, I mean, so the other possibility, but, of course, is we get force goo force goo. I don't know who that is. Force <laughs> Luke force versus force, force uh, goo from Star Wars. <laughs> Sorry, Man, I, thought, uh, I thought you said goose, and that was a cat from Captain Marvel. For what I understand, no, I again, something different. I, I don't no, think we can I, do Force, force Ghost, Luke though. versus Force Palpatine dueling it out. I don't know how they duel it out. Maybe they just swing lightsabers through that's, each other, and it doesn't do anything. That's but. what I, I. I think that that's what's going to happen. I think that really? you're going to see Palpatine legit come back, and then Luke's going to be like, "Guess what, boy?" And you think he, so? He's going to take him out. Yeah, mm. I. Here's why, because they, they talked about in that panel, they talked about the big bad of mm. the saga. And that's when I was like, huh, that's a really interesting statement. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> you know, we, we uh, get the trailer and then we hear the laugh. And I'm not kidding. Like, 
my brain just melted. <laughs> it, just, it, it melted. I'm sure a lot of people's brain melted because even I, from where I was at when I saw that trailer, was kind of like, and it, I was that was the last again, thing we were in expecting. A big area. I, I was very hard not to sit there and say no effing way in this big open area when he came out on when you heard the cackle. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it it, it was See? just perfect, and but I don't think that for two reasons. One, they've already. They've a, they've basically said that, like, hey, he's going to be in it. I mean, not not in those exact words, but they've they've said enough. They've showed enough that to not do that, I think, will not earn them goodwill. Like, I, I think mm-hmm. that you're you're going to be burning the fans to not mm-hmm. do that. Um, I mean, I would because- love to see that. My concern is just that, like. They the whole point of uh, George Lucas has said in the past that you Sith cannot be Force ghosts because the whole point of you know uh, it's like Sith Sith want this ultimate power but in the end in order to have this you know basically like this eternal life right mm-hmm. you you mm-hmm. have to be good uh, so and that's and that's the big secret that the Sith so don't can realize I, can I say mine because uh, I actually yeah. had, I, I guess I, I stated it a bit wrong earlier okay. I don't I I do think Luke will come back but I I think it's gonna be physically i don't think it's gonna be force ghost i think it, i think he is going to physically be there um mm. to to defeat um uh palpatine who i think is going to be physically there mm. now here's the thing i don't william may know uh, about this so so i'll kind of ask him the thing that is not been officially released but now is clearly real can i reference that or should i probably not uh, you know what i'm talking about i have no clue what you're talking about. I'm not even sure you're so. talking yeah, about. There's a lot of different things that, that come to okay. mind. <laughs> so you know, you know that poster that is now very obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. The the we talked about that. The uh, the force. Um, sorry, the, the the rise of Skywalker poster that leaked a few weeks ago. Right. We had like yeah, we saw our we saw got our first glimpse of a of a new character uh, on that poster that they did end up confirming in the panel. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, also, if you look at the very bottom. You see what looks like your your first order stormtroopers, but they're uh, red. The but more importantly, huh? The Knights of Ren. No, no, no. Oh, no, no sorry. No, oh, no, the no, first no. order stormtroopers. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're red, but more importantly, they have uh, Episode Three style clone visors. Ooh. So I'll have to go back and look at that. I had not noticed that. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to go back and look. Because I'm so, thinking we're dealing with clones. And now remember this, too. Clone remember Luke. when Matt Smith was supposed to be in this movie and then all of a sudden he wasn't? Yeah. What if Matt Smith is basically going to be playing a clone, like basically a younger clone uh, of Palpatine that will be voiced by Ian McDiarmid? Okay. I so, like it's gonna, that's a little... We yes, we got the the Dark Empire trilogy where they basically did that. Right. Uh-huh. I just I don't know how you do that in a movie without it coming across as super campy though. I I think it would I mean I I think it'd work. You know what? If if it could work, you would have to put your faith in JJ Abrams and Kathleen Kennedy that Kennedy that it can be pulled off. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I would have to sit there and say, I need to wait and see how this works. Because there's another thing that kinda kinda looks at it this way. When it comes to Rise of Skywalker, is a possibility that we could see Hayden Christian in this at some point because 
if you are looking at this was the 20th anniversary of Phantom Menace, wouldn't it be cool because it's the 20th anniversary of Phantom Menace that he somehow, and let's I, say, redeems himself, even though we've seen him as Hayden Christian in The End of Jedi. But you see in this movie that Hayden Christian's character, Anakin Skywalker, yeah. is the one that's the rise of Skywalker and is the one that redeems himself hmm. somehow in this movie. Interesting. I wouldn't be surprised if we uh, see a lot of characters return in this movie that we're not expecting. And this is, this I, is I would hope beginning. so. I mean, there. I would love to see a boatload of them come back. And I, so actually, here, so let me. Here's my biggest hope for the movie. Actually, um, and Tom, you actually kind of alluded to it as well. The biggest oh, cool. thing I want to see out of it is I don't want them to unwrite Episode Eight. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's far more important for Star Wars to be like, yes, like you. There are times you may not like the story. We've certainly had plenty of those times in the past. But like, I don't want to get us see a world where we go back and start rewriting or changing what's happened, like what the previous movie was yeah. based on right. how people reacted to it. Right. right. Like build off of it, make it better, like improve the story as you go, but like don't, or I don't just like, ignore it or, or just ignore it. Like that's fine. <laughs> but like, don't be like, Oh, actually let's just you know. pretend that it didn't happen. <laughs> okay. But, but the sad thing is within the star Wars universe, it happened. People right. are going to have to get over uh, it. I, it's out there. You know, and and if there's any way to like take little bits of it and maybe retcon just just a just just a smidge, I'm a tad, but, so like, that I could don't work. See, I don't want to see Luke coming back corporeal because people were, were mad that he died in Episode Eight. Right. I think I, he has I to agree be a with that. Ghost. I, I yeah. agree. That's kind of I, what, I uh, could see Palpatine from. coming back as a I, clone. I don't think they'll do that. I kind of hope they don't do that. The one interesting thing is uh, if you guys remember Aftermath, Empires, and and. Um, I uh, so, so there's, there's two things actually in, in aftermath <laughs> we saw uh, <laughs> I almost had it purged from my memory thanks William you're welcome uh, we, there were these there were these sentinels in aftermath and battlefront two and they were mm-hmm. basically uh, these guards with a uh, like a holographic face uh, of yep. the emperor um, uh, so maybe they're using that or uh, you know I think the well, bigger thing is we, that in aftermath had uh-huh. There was Project Insight. There was uh, what was the guy's name? Ta- you Tabu. Tishu? That yeah. Uh, my sh- sorry. My shoe. You Tishu. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Smelly Shoe was like was. <laughs> I don't know why I feel the need to make fun of his name. <laughs> He's um, got a great name. I love was, his name. It, it sounds pretty. It's terrible. the best thing to come out of Aftermath, honestly. You Tishu. Wow, that's not saying much, but um. <laughs> Please don't get me started about Aftermath. But we need we're to continue. not going to talk about Aftermath. Yeah. It just ruined my favorite character, Wedge, of all time, you know, forever. But there's an important um, quote in there. But yes, so he Two. has a quote where he's convinced that Palpatine will return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it having him back as a clone, yes, it's a little bit hokey, but I'm I'm actually more okay with that one. Yeah. Like so, as, I think that, that is something you could narratively pay off and explain within a single movie, and mm-hmm. I feel like and I, I, part of me wonders, like, have I they been planning be. this for a while, and they, they and they put it in aftermath, or it's just coincidence? Because in aftermath, Yup Tashu says, "Pulp quote Palpatine lives on. We will find him again out there in the dark. Everything yeah. has arranged itself as our master foretold. All things move toward the great design. The sacrifices have been made." End quote. And later, Grand Admiral Rax Gallius Rax says. Quote, the mantle of the dark side is yours to wear for a time, at least until we can find Palpatine and revive, revive him, bringing his soul back to flesh anew. 
end quote. And I would like to thank you for actually reading that in a total sentence instead of me having to try and figure out how to do freeform jazz. Oh, I'm sorry. I remember that <laughs> but, as a quote from somebody who wrote the book. But I think at this point, we need to keep moving on or this is going to be a three-hour episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because so, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this going, okay, um, to sum it up, what did you, to, to, to kind of sum up the, the rest of this, um, Michael and William, to sum up how did this go, what do you guys want to sum up with this before we get on to the, the next thing about the movies taking a hiatus? Michael. Oh, um, let's see. Not to put you on the spot. All right. So there, yeah. there were two, I guess since, because to me, the, the whole thing is like when you guys were like, oh, my favorite thing was this. I'm like, how is it not the Emperor's laugh? Like, that's, <laughs> like I said, it broke my brain. So like to me, when, if someone's like, oh, I love this part. And I'm like, no, why are we talking about anything other than, uh, than Palpatine's laugh? You're Lando's like, biggest mm-hmm. fan. Like, it wasn't the return of Lando. Right. Well, and I love Lando. I love him <laughs> to death, but then my brain broke. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> that was the one thing I was never expecting would ever happen. I thought the Emperor yeah. was gone. Like, yeah. gone. Mm-hmm. I Good. knew Lando was coming back. Like, I, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, but I, I didn't expect that. I mean, it was almost like someone actually came back from the dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was just my whole, there was no... Um, Oh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, suspension of disbelief. Like, yeah, right. I mean, it had been suspended for like a month. You know, mm-hmm. like, like I was in it, and, and I was just shocked. Um, so, yeah, th- that was the thing. There were a couple things, and and overall, though, looking at everything, I was pretty happy uh, with everything that we saw. Um, one thing that's bugging me after the fact is everybody referring to the tie fighter is the tie silencer that's not the tie silencer no, it is not. Yeah. stop calling it the tie silencer it's not <laughs> interesting like, it's, it's a different ship like it's a completely different ship it yes it has the wings similar to it but it the actual cockpit uh much more closely resembles the uh uh the special forces tie mm-hmm um, you are a man after my heart michael yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also i think it's and, interesting and I, i'm sitting here going Huh? Anyway, we've been talking about the trailer for this long, and I think it's a testament to just how big the title and the yeah. Emperor's laugh are. Because there's something else that's pretty big in this epi- in the, in the trailer that we've barely touched on, and that's okay. The ruins of the Death Star on Yavin, or sorry, on, not Yavin, on some planet, right? Is it Endor? Right. Is it Yavin? Is it? We don't know. It doesn't look like any of these planets. It could be a new environment because not every planet is just you know. Like one big city. Um, Are we one hundred percent certain that's the Death Star, though? I mean, like, I it think it looks good... pretty darn I, close. Yeah, I think it looks it's looks pretty close. confirmed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's Endor. Right. Because because we, we know so. that where we went in Return of the Jedi was the forest moon of Endor, but not actually Endor. That is true. It could be actual so, Endor, and it will just uh, no one in the sure. it, who's not a Star Wars fan will get that. They're like, wait, what? <sighs> Endor? No, no, no. You were on the forest moon. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, no, um, I, I think I think you guys are missing like the bigger thing that I really loved uh, I, watching this panel. I really loved how everybody kind of pinned down. Um, Lan- uh, God, blanking me. Um, um, Lando Calrissian. Billy <laughs> D. So Williams. Yeah. Billy D. Williams. I love how they pinned him down, 
and they were giving him heck for basically, you know, giving up a Han Solo to Darth Vader. And I love how. <laughs> oh he's no, no, him. no one was putting him. He brought that up. Okay, yeah. sorry, okay, okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you for correcting me because I love this because he had to figure something out, and I love this next one. And did anybody die? Yeah, it was I so good. That. It's like I said, it all worked like, out. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's what he said. It all worked out. I died laughing with that great. one. Yeah, it was really good. Was he's happy. he's been on that for years. And and speaking of which, because I think this is important too, mm-hmm. something else he's been mentioning for years, like way, like basically before anything was really planned out for uh, the Force Awakens. Um before we knew who was going to be in it or anything like that, right? He had been saying that he really wanted to have a daughter. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Stephen Colbert brings that up, which I think, I mean, my, you know, hearing Anthony Bresnikan talk about it before and everything, like, they know what questions are going to be asked. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's all staged very carefully to reveal stuff. Yeah, I I do think Naomi Aki is Lando's daughter, Jaina, uh, Jana, J A N N A H. Yeah, so now I'm yeah. really hoping that that's the case, just because, like, because when when that happened, I was like, oh, that would be great, because mm-hmm. I, you know, I know that was something that Billy D actually wanted. Yeah. Now, um, in addition to that, he also said he wanted her to be a Jedi. We'll see if that becomes a thing, but I I think it could also I think it could be cool. I'm not expecting that but i think it could be cool if she is kind of you know one of the the new members of a jedi order i think that would be pretty cool i agree i completely agree uh quickly touching on a few other things before we move on Uh, we did get to see a shot of carrie fisher in the trailer which is really nice and they talked about how you know they 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 couldn't recast her they they couldn't make her cg they couldn't keep her out of the movie but thankfully i was they were able to find some footage of her it looks like it's footage from the end of uh, Force Awakens, um, maybe with like a different background or something instead of Dakar. Um, but it's it's nice to see Carrie Fisher in, in the film, and they talked about how mm-hmm. you know in a way she's still with them. Um, well, I also like this one. Uh, Phasma's dead. Yep, Just Phasma totally dead. <laughs> not not dead. I thought it was the other way yeah. around. I thought they said she wasn't. No, be no. Sad? Oh, no, no, they were. No, John, John Boyer was like, no, she's dead. <laughs> she yep. did. It's no uncertain yep. terms. God, that is a waste. That makes uh, me sad. You know, to, to a certain I extent, I agree back. with you, Stephen. But you know what? I would really hate to see her come back a third time. Yeah, it would be kind it of really cheesy. Well. Um, yeah, when you put it that way, they did yeah. confirm that the movie will not pick up immediately after the Last Jedi. So some some unspecified amount of time has passed, and the group is going to go on an adventure together, um, which is interesting. I was happy about both of those things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. one that everyone's going to be together, and two that I, w- I was never happy about the last. Like when they announced that the Last Jedi would pick up immediately, I was never comfortable with that, mm-hmm. and I I still think it was a mistake. Um, because it's just, it's like, wait, why, like, what's the point of the crawl? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's a good like, point. And, and so I love that we're getting time and, you know, because we want to know like, Hey, what have our heroes been up to? Right. And well, some of the things we know is Ray has actually been reading those Jedi ancient Jedi texts. She, she took from the tree and, uh, repairing Luke's lightsaber. She's learned some new force powers. Um, they hinted that Raylo could be a thing potentially, which was interesting that they brought that up. Um, 
uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot. Uh, other new characters include Clad. He's that little weird-looking alien from the poster. He's a friend of the Resistance. And a new droid companion for BB-8 named Dio. Uh, so lots of lots of cool stuff. So, can okay, I'll be honest. Two things that I don't like from the trailer. Okay. Or, or like what we got, okay? Um, number one, I and I, I said this um, to you, William, when, when we were there. I'm not big on Lando um, wearing the Donald Glover costume. Why not? You know he walked under the Falcon. He went to the closet, and it was still know, sitting there. He I picked know. up his old shirt. He tries on. He's like, "It's I still got it. It still fits. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, right? I think when I said it, you go, it still fits. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, just, what have we me, here? Is what he says. To me, it just kind of feels like they're trying to to force it, you know, to be like, look, see, here's that connection. Solo counts, guys. Like, it's all the same. And I love Solo. Like, I don't need that connective tissue. You know what I mean? Like, it just it feels like too too forced. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It just it's not a big deal. And I'll probably by the time the movie comes out, like, I'll be so used to it that I don't even think about it. Yeah. The other thing is, I don't like Dio, guys. Like, I I don't like him. Uh, you know what? I there's a part of me. Okay, when I first saw it, I hate to say this, I think it's really cool. I love how they're doing this with the different droids instead of the standard. They either walk on by they're either biped or they're wheeled or this mm-hmm. to have a ball or to have like a wheel with a droid on it. It's it's great manufacturing. It shows you know great ingenuity, but. As soon as he came out there, the first thing that came to my mind was, that's a traffic cone on top of a wheel. Oh, <laughs> yep. oh no, 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 no. I got one better for you. It's a, it's a horn mute. Oh, from a trumpet. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Or yeah. the other thing I was going to say, a cheerleader, <laughs> a cheerleader's thing. Um, that well, was but, my only thing about it. But the thing is, like, look, like, look at like a horn mute. It's the exact uh-huh. size, the coloration on it, everything. Like, it's a freaking horn mute. Um, that's, prob- that's probably how they made it. Yeah, probably. Like, like, like they probably. I mean, it was probably at least like visually um, a uh, uh, inspiration for it or whatever. Um, just like, but, uh, just like Slave One, we they revealed is is based on well, the uh, streetlights, street lamps in California. Yeah. I didn't. I yeah. never realized that. Yeah, I heard that one too. But yeah. Okay. But I so my thing with Dio though, like I'm, I'm not huge on in his look. Like it's fine and it's it's okay or whatever. I just don't like they're like, oh, he, we've got a new droid. He's gonna be a buddy. I'm like, you know who could be his buddy? R two D two. Yeah, yeah. Like that's honestly. Look, I loved the Force Awakens, and I'll say you know forever. I'm like, I'm so glad J.J. Abrams gave us that mo- movie. I'm very happy about it. But I will never forgive him for putting R two D two under that sheet. And he yeah. didn't get any more real screen time in um, the Last Jedi. Like I just why I love BB-8. He's adorable. He's fine. But I think there's room for both. If you feel like there's there needs to be a new droid to fill room, just use R two D two. So yeah, but you okay, see, sorry, I'm uh, done. No, ranting. no, no. That, that's okay because because to a certain extent, because the the oldness that I am within this group, the original idea that I heard all the way back when. It was supposed to be the nine episode arc like it is is doing where you tell the middle, the beginning, then the end. But it was also supposed to be C-3PO and R2-D2 are the ones that are actually 
telling the story. Mm-hmm. Right. They're the ones that are the constant, other than, as we're finding out, quote unquote, the emperor, that is all the way through the episodes. It is supposed to be R2-D2 and C-3PO because literally C-3PO has been established and R2 as being at the absolute beginning of this trilogy because one was with Padme, one was with Anakin. Mm-hmm. And then it carried on into the next episodes of New Hope where you saw with Princess Leia, you had C-3PO and R2, and then R2 ended up with Luke Skywalker. And then when you then you carry it forward, it's just it's supposed to be the two of them telling this story. I have no problem with BB-8. I do agree with Dio. It's like, I think it's to a point to where it's cute, Love to see all this work, but you are getting away from the basics of it's 3PO and R2 telling the story. Now, if that's the way it's supposed to be, I got to take it the way it is. The movies are what they are, but I do want to see this wrap up with 3PO and R2 as hopefully pushed a little bit further out than BB-8 and Dio. Well, you know, speaking of wrapping up. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got to John. Uh, yeah, speaking oh, of wrapping yeah. so, up, the, the 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 Star Wars films are wrapping up for a little while. Which uh, is kind of yeah, nice. Was, I, I agree with us. So this was a little bit of news that dropped, I feel like, a couple hours before Celebration started. Yeah, that, yeah, it was like the night before. Yeah, so Kathleen Kennedy uh, kind of announced that they were going to be taking a... Or sorry, not Kathleen Kennedy. It was uh, Bob Iger, I think, right? Yeah, during, I think uh, it was during... Was it during the earnings call? It might have been. That's what I thought yeah. it was. Um, but they kind of announced that Star Wars will be taking a bit of a movie hiatus post-Episode 9. Um, not any, like, specific detail other than that they're taking time to kind of plan out what the next several years of Star Wars movies will look like. The interesting thing to me is that they're they're working on... They said the next decade of the, for the franchise with Ryan Johnson, David Benioff, and, and D.B. Weiss. Uh, and there's, those are the directors who have been confirmed to be working on the next sets of films. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think this is a really good thing. I, we could t- discuss this topic at, at very at length. But um, I, I think the biggest, the biggest issue I've seen so far since Disney bought Lucasfilm is that it seems like they haven't... Um, they haven't defined the story from the get-go. Nope. Um, you know, they yep. they kind of let J.J. Abrams figure out what he wanted to do, and he kind of used some stuff from George Lucas and kind of did his own thing. And then well, Ryan Johnson started working on his movie while J.J. Abrams was finishing up his, and they, he, Ryan's like, hey, J.J., can you change your ending a little bit to match with my my vision for the story? And then there was this interview recently uh, with J.J. Abrams. I forget, was it in Fast Company? I forget. And um, he was talking about how you know, he, he, he found it difficult to you know, figure out how to pick up the, where, the, where Ryan's uh, you know, Last Jedi left off. Um, and, and so like, I think the big problem was they didn't have a vision from the outset. They didn't have someone at Lucasfilm saying, this is the story of Star Wars. You can kind of deviate a little bit, but you have to get to these big points and end up here. Yeah, I want to kind of add, I don't think it's an issue with anyone specific. Like, I don't think it was an issue that J.J. Abrams didn't do something right or Ryan Johnson didn't do something right or even that Lucas didn't do something right. Sorry, Lucasfilm, I should say. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it was just they they needed more time and the goal was to get, hey, let's get episode seven out there. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Right. Right. a little bit of time to like, you don't like any, regardless of where they decide to stay with a single director for the next trilogy, have multiple directors. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter, but what they need is just a little bit of time to be like, Hey, here is how 
like this is the over the over overarching arc whatever yeah. mm-hmm. like exactly. here are the main the big story beats here are the characters that are important here's what's going to happen to them you know an individual director is going to modify and change it as they need to but like they needed a little bit more of a cohesive vision, I think. And so, and that's what George Lucas always I, did, right? He had a vision for the general overall story, and he'd tweak it as he went along, as he had true, you know, better ideas that's, or wanted to introduce stuff. But he at least knew where he wanted to go. Absolutely. I, and like, I don't I actually don't think this is going to be very long. I would be surprised if it's more than a year, honestly. You think so? I, oh, I, I wouldn't be, be surprised if it's maybe like two, so, three years. Sorry, I should say. I, <laughs> I expect at celebration next year we will get some sort of information about the next movie. See, I think I'm, I'm hoping for the celebration next year. I would like to see, and I think the smarter thing for them to do is if they want to have the films go on a hiatus, do like the rumor is the Knights of the old Republic, because that that way they can jump back, but they can jump back and not really affect anything that they've done now with these nine films, or that's been done with these nine films and kind of get some kind of plot going forward from this point. Also, I think, and, and I kind of think what might be hurting it is, sure, you've got Ryan Johnson asking, you know, uh, JJ, hey, can you tweak this because of this? But when you look at all the Marvel franchise, there's one person who's actually driving the story, the full story. Yeah. And that's the one thing Lucas, when it started, they really didn't have, like George, was sitting there plotting out the whole story. They just jumped into doing the movies. They kicked it off great with The Force Awakens. But then it kind of like floundered. And it's like now they realize they need to get a good pause, figure out the story for the next 10 whatever years yeah. and make sure it's consistent all the way through. Exactly. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get, you know, 2020 and 2021 without any new Star Wars movies. And then I would hope they yeah. resume I, in probably 2022. I Maybe would put money then, down that we have something in 2021. That yeah, would and be then my, I, that would be my like, but they have to start filming almost now in order to hit that date, right? Yeah, that's they're, oh, they're not, uh, and they're not even they're not even looking at because they've got a bunch of other. Yeah. No, you're right. Sorry. Well, look for. Look, let me just say this: look for some really cool projects on Disney Plus. Yeah. being announced before yeah. too long, and that's going to be taking their their time and direction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I've been saying to a lot of people, don't get too attached to the idea that that the the Benioff and Weiss and the um, Ryan Johnson trilogies are still going to happen. Um, filmmakers don't sit around for years waiting to make their movies, yeah. and um, I, I think that's probably what we're going to see here. I. I uh, I, I think it's a, a pretty good um, bet that that at least one of those uh, trilogies isn't going to happen. Yeah, I I I think again, my hope is my big hope is that they do the Knights of the Old Republic, mm-hmm. and I'd like to see that trilogy go through because I think. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy said she wanted to work on it, which is amazing. Which which I think is perfect, and and I think right now, just by that statement, it seems like those two guys have more of an idea of where they want to go, because we really have heard nothing about Rain Johnson's trilogy as of yet. We've heard more about right now, coming from Kathleen Kennedy, and about this Knights of the Old Republic. And we've even heard uh, come out that they are not against using some of the you know uh, expanded trilogy stories to tell stories. 
So, you know, now, it, it's, it's, it's th- interesting going forward, but I guess that's probably the best thing for them to take this break to sit down and figure out where they want to go. And yeah. then I also I also agree with you not to cut you off, but to to move it forward into the Disney Plus service, that I could also see to where if there's more content, they could see well what's a better way to tell a story in these bigger movies or tell the smaller stories consistently on a Disney Plus service. Yeah. Right. Right. Now I I just want to ask real quick. You're talking about the Knights of the Old Republic thing. Are you referring specifically to the the MTV thing, or are you are you referring to something else that I may not be aware of? Uh, the games. No, no, no. no. I'm, yeah, I'm there was the, there the, was the content, the comment on MTV. Okay. Because uh, that. MTV, you know, oh, sorry. That, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Because that. I mean, again, not to be a like a, a a party pooper, but that was super vague. Like, there's no. I was like, there's no reason to believe for sure that like, oh, we're definitely getting them based off of that. Like, I no, certainly no, no. she hope. didn't confirm they are definitely oh, I, doing it, but, right, but yeah, but she said they, they are definitely looking, they're exploring. Well, she said they have, yeah, and, and and she said they've been looking at it for a while. Like, it just yeah. it was very much like yes. To, I, I took that as yes, we know the fans love that series. Mm-hmm. It is on our radar. Yeah. Like that was basically. Well, it's more in the Benioff I, and Weiss wheelhouse in many ways too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, I agree. And like I said, this isn't yeah. me saying that I don't want it or anything right. like right, that. Right, right. I, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying temper your expectation because yeah. yeah. the thing is that I there's guess I been. Will. <laughs> if I have to, but there's no, yeah, yeah, you're right. There is no confirmation whatsoever. Right. This is pure. There's been a lot of clickbait articles saying, "Oh, the next, uh, the next movies are going to be Knights of the Old Republic." Yeah, it's yeah, like no. that's not what she said. That's not what she said. <laughs> you know? she said well, they're looking you know at it, and that's it. Yeah. Although yeah. Claudia Gray, fantastic author, also at Celebration said she would love to do a book set in the Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, but, she's been pushing uh, and. And she gets what she wants from uh, she's pretty dang looking good. at Master yeah. Apprentice. <laughs> the thing, I know so she he, wanted that the, one. No the way I take no all of those... I'm still in the middle of it. It's good. You should finish it, Tom. Okay. Uh, but the way I take all of those statements is I think the thing that we all, we all already kind of knew, which is they need to grow the, the movie universe. Everything they've done thus far has been very, very connected with uh, every other Star Wars movie. And it... Mm. It leads to a, all the movies that kind of felt the same. They they don't have a distinctive identity in the way that uh, they necessarily need. And I think the time and what Kathleen is like taking a break and what Kathleen Kennedy is saying is like they realize that they need more time to figure out what a Star Wars movie is in a movie where there's more than six Star uh, yeah six Star Wars films. I'm not like intentionally exclude Clone Wars for this. Uh, and I think they're going to go, like, regardless of it, whether it's, uh, I'm blanking on their names, Ryan Johnson or the guys who do Game of Thrones, whose name I can't D. remember. Weiss and Benioff. Thank you, yeah. Mm. Like, regardless of if it's them directing or Dave Filoni directing or, you know, John Favre, like, wherever it's going to be, I think they're they're taking the time to figure out, like, what does it right. mean to have a, a Marvel, sorry, a, Marvel, a Star Wars cinematic universe? Yeah, right. Because I don't. I think they thought they knew. They're like, oh, we'll just make a saga movie every year or every other year and we'll put some other like, you know, fan favorite things in between. And I what they've seen, I think, is over the last five years or so, not that it didn't work. It's clearly made them plenty of money. It's been popular enough with people. Uh, but they're realizing that like it's not it's not a sustainable pattern. No, and all, like, and also I think they're that they're right. concerned about damaging the quality and the brand is the right. big thing. Yeah, yeah, they have to make sure they don't 
they don't pump out too much too too fast. Yeah. Um. So but so it's good they're taking a break from the movies, but we'll have plenty to keep us entertained. Um. You know, in addition to the ongoing uh, Resistance series and the Return of the Clone Wars, uh, Disney Plus launches. Uh, we finally got uh, the the first details about Disney Plus. It launches November twelfth uh, this year, and uh, yes, The Mandalorian will be the debut show. Uh, and then at some point in twenty twenty one, out the uh, Cassian Andor series will debut, featuring not only Cassian Andor, uh, but uh, Alan Tudyk as K two S O. He is back as well, but. Um, there's not much details about the uh, the Cassian series at this point, but there's tons to dive into what? in The Mandalorian. Well, I, I was actually there. I got to see a clip from we it. We did. We did. But before we talk about that, let's, let's, give, a, <laughs> let's, give, let's give people okay. the, the overview of Disney Plus and then dive into The Mandalorian. So uh, Disney Plus, they, they did announce it will be coming to um, uh, you know smartphones, tablets, smart TVs, and yes, consoles, uh, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, etc. Um and uh, as previously mentioned, it will be launching on November 12th. It's going to be a busy, busy week because uh, Jedi Fallen Order launches just three days after that. Um, oh, and the service will cost uh, $6.99, $7 a month, or $70 a year. And it'll have content from Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, Fox, and more. It's a pretty darn good deal for $7 a month. I will. It's, I have one massive problem with it. Okay. Okay, what is that? Why can't I sign up for it now? <laughs> Patience, they'll take your money. No, uh, just yeah. you won't and, get anything till November twelfth. <laughs> that price isn't going to last more than a year. There's no, you're no way. Right. And honestly, I, I think it's like a, it's an introductory price to get people in the door. Yeah, and but I don't think oh, it's yeah. going to last. And, and really, the Mandalorian is like their big. Oh thing. no, I it won't be that you know, much larger. The Star Wars movies right. will come to Disney Plus over the next... I think uh, the prequel and original trilogies will be there at launch, and then the sequel trilogy will show up over the next year, I think, after Disney Plus launches. So, yeah, there's there's lots. But, uh, but there was also a little panel for The Mandalorian, and man, were people yeah. excited. The energy in the room was I would say almost bigger than, bigger than episode nine. Don't well, go I, crazy. Some of well, that I was think, well, but some of that may may have been the Mandalorian mercs sitting there like chanting. Yeah, uh, I saw the. Yeah, I saw the video <laughs> they were very yeah. hyped. <laughs> and and they had a reserved section too, did they not? They did. Yeah, the Mando mercs okay, were that all was cool. together. Yeah, they're all like lifting their their buckets in the air and chanting, you know, Mandalore, Mandalore. It was great. It was well, great. for what I also saw. Um, Filoni and, um, um, oh, God, John Favreau needed uh, background people. So what did they do? They call the 501st. Did they ever consider getting a hold of the Mando Mercs to let some ex- uh, some other Mandalorians get in there? Or is it just <laughs> one Mandalorian? Well, I, I think that's, yeah, I think there's just one Mandalorian, and that's kind of part of it. Like, I, yeah, I, think I that, was just kidding on that because it seemed oh, like yeah. they, they, they went and got the 501st and left the Mandalorians at the door because there's right. only one. Yeah, well, I, I think they just they want to make it special, you know. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah. but to quick, so I'll quickly let's quickly right. introduce the show, and then I'd love to talk with you guys about the some of the stuff we we saw. So, uh, the panel was um, uh, was was featured uh, Kathleen Kennedy, uh, Dave Filoni, and John Favreau. 
along with uh, the cast Pedro Pascal, Gina Carano, and Carl Weathers. Fascinatingly, Dave Filoni was actually introduced before John Favreau, which I think is might have just been for, because of that audience, but um, I I would assume it's the audience. Yeah, um, I would imagine. But it's 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 telling, and they they have a very interesting. Uh, dynamic, which we'll get into in in a little bit, um, but uh, you know, in, in this case, uh, Pedro Pascal again plays the titular character, the Mandalorian. He's a mysterious lone gunfighter in the Outer Rim of questionable moral character, in line with some of the best Western and samurai films. Uh, Gina Carano plays Cara Dune, an ex-rebel shock trooper, a bit of a loner, and is having trouble reintegrating herself into society, and. Carl Weathers is playing Grief Karga, the head of a bounty hunter guild, looking for someone to find a valuable product for a client. So, of course, pretty, he hires. I'm pretty sure I read that book. It wasn't very good. <laughs> and oh, uh, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, directing are none other than Dave Filoni, uh, Rick Fumayawa, Deborah Chow, Taka Waititi, and Bryce Dallas Howard. So. Your thoughts, guys, on uh, on the Mandalorian? Wait, Bryce Dallas Howard is directing. Yes, directing. Yeah. Ooh, that's an interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, Taika so Waititi that, that's did. That's worth keeping um, eyes on. He did. Um, uh, didn't he do Thor? Yes, Taika Waititi did. He did uh, Thor Ragnarok. Three, Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. yeah, the good one. <laughs> um, yeah, and then of course Deborah Chow, okay. and Luke Fumiyawa are both excellent as well. So they've got a really good lineup of of directors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, the dynamic between Dave and and John Favreau. They basically talked about how Dave Filoni is there. He's the he's the Star Wars expert, um, and. And he's teaching John Favreau how to do Star Wars because, of course, you know he studied the foot of George Lucas, and, and that, John Favreau cool. is teaching Dave Filoni how to do live action. And it just sounds like an amazing partnership. I cannot wait. I can't wait to see first off Dave Filoni's directing debut and see how that gets pulled off. I also want to see, and, and that's that's what I like about this is you've got. Dave Filoni is so rich in the history of Star Wars because he learned it from George. Mm-hmm. And this, if John Favreau is pulling that kind of knowledge from Filoni, then I'm really looking forward to this series. To, to me, this kind of mm. seems like it's, you know, Dave Filoni. I love Dave. He he's an he's amazing. Mm-hmm. He does, and it sounds like, you know, some people were like, "Oh, Dave's just the animation guy." And it's like, no, 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 no. Dave knows Star Wars. He was mm-hmm. t- personally trained by George Lucas, and this is kind of his, uh, his kind of his, his 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 trial. His maybe you could say his Jedi trials, right? <laughs> um, oh, jeez. And which is true. And it's true. if he I, shows, and I know he will, that he can do a live action series and direct it, and you know, executive produce it, I wouldn't be surprised if a movie deal is is on the cards next, and and maybe eventually I would love oh, to see Dave Filoni kind of running. Like all of story. For yeah, I, which I feel like a lot of this is just a little overblown now. I, I think I think just just oh, let I him get through so this series first. <laughs> what what do you, Steve? What do you mean by overblown? I, as in like the there's a uh, and I should start by saying like I I absolutely love everything that Dave Filoni has done, and uh-huh. I would love for him to do more. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd. I don't know that I would say that I don't see this as a uh, 
uh, grooming's not qu- quite the right word, but like, I don't necessarily see it as a trial or anything like that. Like, okay, I don't know. I did, I don't know I, how to describe this. I guess I I will say that from being there at celebration, I actually really think it is because every single panel that we went to everybody was like really hitting you over the head with like oh dave is so like it was two things one dave is so great he you know he studied under george and you know dave's doing live action now like every like it felt like a very obvious push and i know there's some what what's up okay but wait okay so there's a push for dave to do that but do you think they're pushing it not so much for him to do live action, but for him to be like the guy that oversees. And okay, I don't watch, and please don't shoot me for this. I don't watch all the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but there is the one guy who's in charge of it. Yeah, Kevin, do you Kevin think Feige. Kevin Feige, yeah. thank you. Do you think the reason why they're pushing Dave out the way they are this way is because they're kind of grooming him to be in that position but, of Kevin Feige to overlook so the whole I thing? I kind of think so. And see, I could so that, but to me, that's a very different thing. But you see, I the, would see that more than him de- directing live action. I, I, I actually can see that very easily. Yeah. But what you're describing to me is some is uh, basically what the the story group was founded to do, and right. arguably has or hasn't succeeded. You know, you can. That's a, another discussion entirely. <laughs> for another if, day. <laughs> if the goal is to make, sorry, I said for a, yeah, long discussion for another day. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll table it, that one. Yeah, but no. having Dave Filoni be a guiding hand, I can have mm-hmm. ab- that. I can absolutely see because that's not nec- that. There's a certain amount of politics, which is right. I'm going to assume mm-hmm. he's uh, successful at, given that he's done very well for himself over the last, you know, however many years he's been. I mean, since Clone Wars started, so mm-hmm. God, what? over ten years because realize our podcast he's, is. Over I mean, it was right after Revenge of yeah. Sith came out, so it's been fourteen years now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. like, I'm I'm assuming he's kind of got that part of it down. He's work, working with Lucas as super. Sorry, not just Lucas, but Lucasfilm, an incredibly long time. Mm. Uh, and as you say, he he clearly knows Star Wars, which yep. is a a odd statement to make. But like, that's a very different role in my mind than directing a movie. Yeah. Well, and and to me, and I think I, I think he has to have he has to have a a little bit of live action directing under his belt, though. Yeah, before he to can understand be taken seriously as the right. the leader. Uh, sure. Right? The, the George different. Lucas, who's not just said that's how you do story, but this is how you shoot Star Wars. This is how you make yeah. a Star Wars but I think, movie I'd TV show. All of those things need to evolve and change alongside as we... like. I think that's part of what, you know, figuring out what the next couple of years are like. Mm-hmm, or, sure. Sorry, the next, the next 10 years of Star Wars can't just be Star Wars the way George Lucas made Star Wars. It has to like some of it obviously need, needs to be, but not all. Of yeah, those. but there are certain elements I think that are shared, and that's and that's what Dave Filoni uh, intimately sure. knows. Like he mm-hmm. he understands right. like that, the, the core. Like if you look at the Clone Wars, he had a wide variety of different types of stories, but they all were oh, at yeah. the end of the day they were all Star Wars because yeah. right. he knows but none of those the, require. The, I don't right. think all of those require directing experience necessarily. I think story and um, and it's not just in like. The story group now, I think, is very focused on the, uh, I'm going to call it canon consistency. Right. Mm-hmm. Marvel has messed with that numerous times, and it's been okay. But the guiding principles of, hey, this is the, the overall story we're trying to tell, is what 
Kevin uh, Feige has been responsible mm-hmm. for. And I think that's what Star Wars is missing. Yeah. And if, so if Dave is that guy, I am all for it. And right. I do think it'll be important for him to show that he understands all of that in a live action form beyond animation. Right. Which the right. Mandalorian, that, that will be an opportunity for him to kind of show his stuff there. Yeah. yeah. And I think, Stephen, I, I, th- I think you're right in that does he necessarily need that? Um, in order to to do that job, like like, could he do that job just as well without it? Yes, but do does that you know basically the you know the Disney execs or whatever do they believe that? So mm, I think exactly. it's That's for true. politics. I, I think it's more about pro- yeah, exactly proving himself and you know the, the politics of it. Yeah. yeah, and then the other thing is he's he needs that background to where he can actually talk to a live action director in the same language uh, you know sure. animation's great but this way it's like if he's got that under his belt then it's easier for him to sit there and say well you know <laughs> oh was and, that and, it? and george lucas did teach <laughs> him how to do animation in a live action ish way right? right or a star right. wars way but you're right i think he has to kind of go the full way but uh, but I, 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 guess, yeah, I, I think he, just, he needs to prove that. He just needs his chance to prove that to certain individuals. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Mandalorian right. is that. And boy, does it look good. Yeah. So what? What all do they kind of announce and show off at the panel? I know there was a clip shown, or at least one clip. There shown. were three. Oh, there, were three. So there was a behind the scenes <laughs> uh, video. Love um, Which I think they released that one. Um, uh, I think that one is in the panel. If you go watch it. Uh, and then uh, toward the end of the panel, they actually gave us a seven-minute clip, uh, nonstop of the of the of the first episode, presumably mm-hmm. the first wow. episode. Wow! Uh, nice. And they turned off the cameras. Uh, they did not stream this part, although it is there. Might you might be able to find it on YouTube if you search, um, or my Twitter. And then um, <laughs> I'm not saying Michael. anything. <laughs> Um, and, uh, to, to, in Michael's defense, they did forget to say, please don't record until like two thirds of the way through. Um, uh, and then they also yes, noticed because... a, a montage, uh, as well of a bunch of got scenes. It. So we got a, we got a decent amount of, uh, insight into the, into the show. Um, Michael, what were some of your, your big takeaways? Oh man. Um, Okay, hold on. Let me. So the the first thing that pops to mind is um, the, of course, you know, I I do Cloud City Casino, which is a gaming podcast, and one of the the games that I absolutely love is The Force Unleashed, and they brought us the Incinerator Troopers, which are now canon and in live action and pretty freaking sweet. It's Very cool. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and it looks just like they did in um in the game like just like it um so so that's awesome um the other thing the other two things were the i'm hearing two different things i'm hearing ig88 i'm hearing ig11 ig11 either way yep he was freaking sweet spinning Mm -hmm. around shooting uh because once again looking at games uh as much as i love the n64 um shadow of the empire game IG-88 was a bit goofy how he moved and now seeing him able to do this I'm like yeah like that's the IG-88 I wanted you know even though like I said it's probably IG-11 but whatever point it's an IG droid right um and and then the other thing yeah they're all the other droids (laughs) that's 
droidism? I don't know. Um, but the other thing that I thought was actually pretty important is, like William said, we got like seven, like a seven minute clip or, you know, some, something about that. Uh, Pedro never took the helmet off. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was pretty big and um, like I definitely applaud them because that's just something that doesn't really happen. Yeah. You know, like actors loathe hiding their face. Mm-hmm. So it's for them a challenge to do for him, that, but I, but I think it it's kind of cool. He's like this this nameless, faceless man named the Mandalorian. Um, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. Actually, if you want, we can break down real quick what we saw. Um, so um, uh, the 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 longer clip starts with grief Karga. Uh, giving the Mandalorian a mission in a cantina, he offers him. He's kind of going through a, a bunch of a bunch of options. He's like, "Well, I got this job for you. That's that job." And but they're mostly like bail jumpers or you know a smuggler, and they're really boring. The Mandalorian's like, "Yeah, no." Um, oh no! Actually, he said, "I'll take all of them." And he's like, no, <laughs> well, no. yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're low pay, but he's like, "I'll take all of them. They're easy. I'll, I'll do them all. It's easy. No problem. Thank you." Um, uh, but you know, but grief's like, hey, I gotta, I gotta, gotta share these with others in the guild, right? Uh, but he says, I do have one, one mission for you. There's one face to face. You have to go meet with the client yourself. And so, the Mandalorian he goes walks through this marketplace and he he enters this building. And there's a, we actually get to see a TT8LY7 gatekeeper droid like a Jabba's palace, you know, mm-hmm. a little eyeball droid, uh, pop out and, and let him in. We get you know gonk droids, all that good stuff. Uh, and when he walks inside, the Mandalorian meets uh, a, a character played by Werner Herzog, who was not announced in the panel, but we see in the clip. Uh, he's unnamed. And uh, uh, another character named Dr. Pershing, played by Omid Abtahi. Uh, and uh, this the scientist Dr. Pershing uh, um, is, is looking for something, and, and Werner Herzog's character is kind of brokering the deal. It's initially kind of a tense situation, and uh, there's some blasters drawn, but the Mandalorian, in a very cool moment, he's like, oh, four to one odds? Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, they're like, we've got you outnumbered four to one. He's like, yeah, I like hmm. those odds. <laughs> yeah, he's very, it's very much like a Clint Eastwood uh, mm-hmm. Western samurai vibe for sure. Um, and, uh, and Herzog's character unwraps this this thing in cloth, and it turns out it's some Beskar Mandalorian iron. That's cool. As payment for locating a target alive or dead for a lower fee, which Pershing is not a fan of. Um, And uh, he says the Beskar belongs back in the hands of a Mandalorian. It's best to restore the natural order of things after a period of disarray. Very interesting. And uh, there's clearly more where that came from. And, uh, and so the Mandalorian goes off on his mission. There's like something about a, a trying to trace a signal, and he only has some of the digits and has to figure it out. Um, but uh, yeah, it sounds pretty cool. It was a, uh, I would say it's fairly quiet, uh, mm-hmm. extended scenes. It's it's very much like a, more on the level of like a high budget um, TV show where they really take their time. Uh, if you're someone who just wants like actually go 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 fast pace, you probably won't like it. Um, but if you like more of like the prestige shows that really, uh, you know, have really good acting and really good characterization and, and kind of take their time, I think, I think fans will really like this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think it's probably going to be paced like Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. 
there'll yeah. be some big Where moments he, of action and there's some long moments of quiet dialogue yeah but, but, but i think everybody's gonna good. be hooked into them oh totally well it's yeah. it's a mandalorian what do you expect yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm gonna be there it, i'll be watching it's not out yet and i'm already hooked in so <laughs> uh, <laughs> ditto now did they mention anything about when it's released are they going to dump all the episodes up there at one time or anything like they that they did mention oh it's, please it, binge watch nope no one at one at a time oh which, which i love interesting i, I there's don't, pros and cons I, to both but yeah oh sorry, yeah. I, I made it very clear to Tracy Canobio. Um, we got to meet her the, the day before, and she asked us what our opinion was on it. And I was very vocal about how I think that um, binge-watching an- initially is, is enjoyable, but I think that by the time that season two comes around, it, like if you notice with, with everything, everyone's, oh, season was so great, so great. And then season two comes out, and they're like, it's crap. Season one was so much better. And it's like... Why does everybody immediately turn on season two of everything? And I'm like, I think it's just the binging. I think everybody, uh, you know, like just trying to go through and and because you just take it all in and and you have expectations at that point and everything. Mm-hmm. I just I think that there's diminishing returns for for binge watching. So I, I think that um, a slow release will cause fans to be more uh, appreciative of it. Well, I think you get a lot more of the hype. If you go weekly, um, you know, people are kind of still on the edge of their seats. Um, it gets more of this discussion, right? It's not like someone binge watches it and like, oh, I can't talk about it because you're mm-hmm. still like seven episodes behind. You, you can kind of right. people are kind of sort of at the at the same uh, pace. Um, mm-hmm. And so well, you know, kind of like the, and, you'll see and, with like a lot of Game of Thrones and other you know, shows like that where, you know, it's they don't drop them all at once. They do it one at a time. And that allows people to um, to kind of to, to, to share still in the in the excitement. I um, think you'll be able to absorb it better, too, because uh, especially with it being on on the service, yeah. people can watch the episode when it airs and then turn around and, and I'm sure several people will watch it again. Right. Well, it's good uh, for us because we review it. <laughs> well, right. But I'm, I'm just yeah. saying, you know, I think plenty of people will go, okay, let, let me rewatch the episode. Cause you know, I have a family and a, a job and stuff and I'm busy during the week and stuff. And I've got all these other things. So let me, you know, let me watch it just to make sure I remember how everything goes and stuff. And I think it's going to cause people to be able to absorb it better. And like I said, I think it, I think it will hold up yeah. more. Uh, also, I think a little more, um, uh, maybe cynically, I don't know. The, um, you know, it, Disney, this is going to be a launch show for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. And while Disney has a massive catalog of content, Right, that they are putting on the service, uh, all the Disney films, you know, Pixar, um, uh, Marvel, Star Wars. All right, they they only have so much new content. If you're someone looking for new content, it's they they have a lot. They have a good big roadmap, um, but really, it's like the Mandalorians, their big thing. And you can see yeah, that they, even in the, when they announced yeah. it, it was like the man suck on that Hawkeye. Sorry, and that it, wow. it is their <laughs> it is their number one thing they're marketing with this show. Uh, or the, sorry, this the, this show is like it's going to be what drives I think early subscribers to Disney Plus. And if they do it in one week, people yeah they, they, people, they subscribe, they cancel a month yeah. later, they do their free trial, whatever it is, they're done, and there's no more content yet 
right? If it, they do it, and there's eight episodes, if they have, if they do it one at a time, uh, one week, one, one episode a week, that actually gives them a good two months before they need the before they release the next thing that's got to hook you for you know keep your subscription going, and the next thing to keep your subscription going. Yeah. And so, I think that's another reason why weekly is going to be their their distribution method of choice. Unlike Netflix, where you know Netflix has tons of content coming out all the time and some of you may care about and some of you might not but there's always that next show that you can just binge all the way through because every week there's something big to drop in almost mm-hmm. yeah because so, i think the cassian andor thing it's not gonna drop until i think 2021 yeah. alan tudyk said yeah and clone so. wars is um is rumored to be sometime next year in 2020 not this right. year so yeah yeah, yeah. Interesting. but tom steven did you guys watch some of the some of the clips, uh, either in the live stream or in the, uh, uh, the maybe more uh, you look on YouTube? <laughs> you yeah, and, and, and if so, your your thoughts on this show and what they've announced so far? Stephen, go ahead. I mean, it certainly. I was say it, uh, so I was able to catch uh, the behind the scenes kind of look, and it. I mean, I don't know what there's there's to really say. Like, it looked fantastic. Like. I expected it to be high quality and it looked high quality. So mm. I'm like, I'm there. I'll subscribe day one for sure. I'm, I'm definitely on board. I, uh, I saw the clips. I went out there and saw the seven minute thing about the, the trying to find the next Mark. I loved every minute of it. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm just hoping for clan Scarada to get some kind of nod, but we'll see. Um, that's all. I'm looking forward to this. Out of all the shows coming to Disney Plus, it's this one and it's Clone War Saved. I'm really looking forward to. And definitely casting in Andor when that comes up. Yeah, I, so, I agree. Sure. Yep. Um, <clears throat> let's see. A couple other details from uh, th- that we learned. Um, the Mandalorian flies a ship called the Razor Crest. It's really cool looking, and they actually have these amazing, um, uh, uh, um, uh, like models. Like the the Razor Crest model has realistic light up engines. It looks amazing uh, combined with with digital effects. Um, and uh, the show is set five years after Return of the Jedi. Um, they talked about how, you know, John Favreau was like writing the scripts and sending them the day floating for feedback over, over Christmas. And, uh, you know, even George Lucas visited the set and gave them a ton of really good feedback as well. Uh, and if you're a fan of all aspects of star Wars, the Mandalorian will be from you, for you. They, they're, they're drawing from the original trilogy, the prequels, the sequels, clone wars, rebels, even the expanded universe, such as uh, the holiday special, the the gun from the holiday special is is in the Mandalorian, and the old Star Wars TV film Caravan of Courage. <laughs> so, yeah, they have a lot, a lot of uh, of really cool stuff. And you know, when people started hearing about this show, uh, you know, John Favreau early initially pitched it, and when people started hearing about the show at Island, they kind of started coming out of the woodwork. Uh, mm-hmm. to come work on it and pitch in. And John Knoll was making stuff for the show in his garage. They were, um, it was a lot of excitement. 
Uh, it seems like it, it started like grassroots and it's in, and for this show, it might benefit from that as yeah. like a grassroots thing before it moved into bigger productions. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's going to be fun. You know, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, they were friends on the Clone Wars, right? Uh, mm-hmm. they, they became friends when John Favreau was play, playing, playing pre Vizsla. And uh, they actually told a story about how Dave Filoni, John Favreau was one of the first people to ever see the Clone Wars. And Dave Filoni was the first person to ever see Iron Man uh, outside of the, you know, the core cast and crew. And, That's cool. Um, Jeez. Uh, but uh, so so John John Favreau he, he before he you know they signed the deal for the series he wanted to make sure that his vision and Lucasfilm had the same were, were on the same page mm-hmm. uh, and so he wrote four scripts and sent them to Dave Filoni for for feedback and guidance uh, before they even made the deal for the series um, just to kind of show you you know how, how closely they've been working together and of course you know having played Mandalorians in the Clone Wars, John Favreau, he loves the Mandos and uh, the show will color in the missing tiles. They quote, quote unquote, uh, with regards to where the Mandalorians were during the original trilogy and the prequels. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, me too. Um, he talked about how everyone was doing their own stunts. Uh, Gina and Carl both did a lot of their own stunts, which surprised them. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks very nice. It looks amazing. I mean, in that clip, we got to see uh, the, there was like a montage clip at the end, and we saw Cara Dune fighting and pointing her gun at the Mandalorian. Uh, so they they, they kind of get off to a rocky start, I guess. Uh, Dubak's IG eighty eight, at voiced by actually director uh, uh, YTT. Um, oh, that uh, should be funny. Giancarlo Esposito, uh, uh playing a, a Imperial Admiral or Imperial uh, Tie Pilot. And he kind of gives off a Krennic vibe almost. He looks really cool in the role. Uh, Death Troopers, Forlom. Um, Very cool. Uh, we, you know, we get Beskar. Uh, the Cantina on Tatooine uh, makes an appearance. Uh, unnamed characters played by Bill Burr and Mark Boone Jr. A roasted Kowakian monkey lizard, Deveronian. That, so that I saw, I was laughing so hard. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> and, and what did that laugh sound like, Tom? <laughs> oh, surprisingly good thank you well that was not me though <laughs> that's fine didn't need to be okay i'm impressed <laughs> whoever that was that was me i i assume thank you um, oh, geez. so anyway yeah there was just uh so much <sighs> stuff and man it's it's hard to believe we're only like two panels in. <laughs> this is just yeah, Rise of Skywalker and the Mandalorian. There is yeah, so I was much about, more. I was about ready to say what? That was about two hours of the uh, celebration total of four days. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we have lots more to cover, um, but I think we might have to do two episodes. Yeah. What do you think, guys? We, we, need, we need to break those. Should we, uh, we, we try to do one to more break. thing quick, or, or should we uh, move on uh, or pick this up next week? I think we pick this up next week. Okay. Well, that sounds good to me. Then, yeah. uh, uh, then soon we will, we'll be back with our part two of celebration coverage. We'll talk about the clone wars save panel. Boy, that was an amazing, amazing panel. So much to discuss there. Uh, rebels remembered so a wonderful look back on the series resistance season two. We also got our first, uh, we got to see the, the series, uh, the season premiere of Star Wars Resistance season wow. two. My first episode. <laughs> okay. Oh, Michael. <laughs> uh, but, but, hey, you're watching it now, so that's good. I'm excited. Yeah. 
Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. That game looks amazing. That looks really cool. Uh, some book news, a panel on Galaxy's Edge, Vader Immortal, the new VR uh, game. I got to try it. I will give you my full impressions. Um, I mean, they need three episodes the way this we is might, going. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and of course, much more. They also celebrate the 20th anniversary of the Phantom Menace and some other fun, not newsworthy panels, but fun panels nonetheless. Um, So stay tuned for all of that. Also, I do want to give a shout out uh, to uh, everyone who came up to me and said hi. Uh, We were giving away Ion Cannon pins, and it's so great to meet all of you uh, and and talk with you. Some of you I know, some of you I hadn't met before. Uh, so thank you. Um, it's always, we always appreciate all of your support and it's fun to meet everybody. So thanks for, uh, uh, thanks next for year. That. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, of course we'll be, um, uh, we will be at celebration Anaheim, all three of us, hopefully, uh, all three four, of us, hopefully with Michael, you too. Um, oh, of course. and, uh, uh which yeah. that was, that was, we, we jumped the gun on that one. That was the major announcement at the end of celebration that celebration We'll be returning to Anaheim in 2020. Yes, yes. At the closing ceremonies, they announced Celebration 2020. I'm thinking August? Uh, July, August? It's too soon to tell. I I'm mean, waiting for them to make WonderCon, you were, I think, is in... What, WonderCon is April. Is April. So I'm guessing they yeah. won't do in April, and it's it's only a year out now. Yeah. they got to get people time to prep. So Actually, WonderCon's a year from now. Ooh, I do wonder, yeah, though. Geez. Anaheim, I know they just update the convention center but yep. it is no mccormick mccormick is the largest convention center in the country um in chicago ah, william will be fine uh, be fine. i wonder if they're going to artificially limit the number of people and say no it's gonna be a smaller convention just so they can get everyone in well um, all that and more on the next episode total speculation <laughs> exactly, yes exactly so michael thanks for joining us for part one of our celebration chicago recap um, you want to tell people where they can find you and listen to you every week? Okay. Um, so I need to give them like my address or yes, phone please. number. Uh, your social security <laughs> number, address, address, uh, social security number. Uh, Excellent. No, 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 not, not on this podcast. Not on this podcast. The, the no. back three, the back three, uh, numbers on my social, credit card. Yeah, please. Yeah. No, yeah. that's okay. The first I think. 16 numbers on the front of your credit card. Uh, <laughs> just, you know what? Let, let's just cut to the chase. Just your Twitter and your Facebook or anything like that. No, nothing of vital importance. <laughs> yes. I mean, you, you can always uh, just chat with me on uh, Twitter. It's just um, at Morris Isley or the uh, at Cloud City Casino or the, the Cloud City Casino Facebook page. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. And thanks for having me, guys. Oh, yeah. oh anytime. And, it, or, you know, one of my favorite parts, and I, I, I forgot to mention this earlier, is just being able to see everyone uh, mm-hmm. at Celebration. Not, you know... Of course, you know, meet, meeting new faces, new people, and also hanging out with, uh, you know, good friends. So many, there'd be, there was too many to name. Um, but, you know, I think there was kind of a core group of us that kind of walked around a lot. Uh, you know, Aaron and Teresa, you, Christy, um, uh, Bruce. Uh, Matt. Uh, Matt. I said, I, said, I said Matt, didn't I? I said Matt. Uh, Sean. No, I don't think so, you said Matt. <laughs> did I not? See, I told you there's too many people to name. I was I also going through my list. Specific, to be fair, specifically Matt, too many to name. Sorry, that was the and limit. Sean. Uh, wow. So yeah, no, it was it was it's it's always great seeing you guys, Tom, Steven, We missed you both, but uh, yeah. next year, Anaheim, 2020. Next year, 
I'm excited. Next year, the group's going to get bigger because there's two more people. Exactly. And of course, there's you know, yep. tons of other people that we got to see and, and hang out with as well. It's always a blast. So uh, that's one of the best parts, just getting to see all of your Star Wars friends and uh, just celebrating Star Wars. It was such a wonderful time just to, to kind of celebrate our love of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and getting to see cool stuff is just icing on the cake. So, uh, but yeah, so uh, stay tuned. We'll be back with our, you do not want to miss the recaps of Clone Wars, uh, Resistance, Jedi Fallen Order, um, uh, Vader Immortal, and more. So we'll be back in just a couple of days. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. For over a decade, Ion Cannon has covered every corner of the saga, from the films and animated series like The Clone Wars and Rebels, to books, comics, games, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your review will help this show grow within the Star Wars community. We can be found at our website, ioncannoncast.com, and you can follow us through Facebook and Twitter. To email us, you can do so at contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any and all of their respective trademarks or copyright holders. Any opinion expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans, for fans, and is copyright 2018.